time for Test Tube Thursday. Dan Riskin is here, our science expert. Nice to have you. Nice to talk to you. So you can boost your heart heart rate. Excuse me. My uh, voice is terrible today. You can boost your heart rate by parallel parking. Is that because people end up in a blind panic while parallel parking? Yeah, that, so I, and I can see you get very emotional talking about parallel parking. Yes, so this just always supports makes me cry. The, it supports the, the argument made in this uh, article from autotrader.co.uk. Uh, I love it when journalists collect data and present data and do uh, an inquiry of, of, of something. And, and this was just a lot of fun. So the question is, how much does parallel parking stress us out compared to, say, pulling into a spot, you know, frontwards or backing into a spot? And so what they did is they took 20 drivers and they measured their heart rate uh, at rest. And then they measured their heart rate while they were doing each of these three different parking maneuvers. And they wanted to know whether parallel parking really was the most stressful of those. And they, uh, they, they managed to show some pretty nice data that show that your heart rate is indeed significantly higher if you do parallel parking compared to pulling into a spot frontwards or pulling into a spot backwards. Those were not different from each other. You do increase your heart rate slightly to do those moves um, by about 50%. But when you increase your heart rate to parallel parking, it goes up to about 60% higher than it was at rest. And so that's that's pretty fun. They make the argument that it's because of stress. I'm not sure that it's really because you're so stressed. It might just be because you're moving your arms and turning around in your seat and looking behind you and you know moving your body, which requires your blood to move around a little faster than when you're sitting totally still getting your heart rate, heart rate measured at rest. Um, so whether it's actually stress or whether it's just an increased heart rate because you're moving around, that they don't really address. I think a, a, maybe a different way to do it next time would be to have a person sit in the passenger seat while somebody they love does a parking maneuver and just see how much the, their heart rate changes just experiencing the, the parallel park. But uh, they also asked a whole bunch of people, you know, how do you feel about parallel parking? And overall, 26% of people People say that it's a stressful maneuver for them. So, um, so, and and that gets better with age. As you get older, it becomes less stressful. So, yes, uh, it, according to their data, it's it's stressful. But I don't know that uh, they were going to be able to publish this in a scientific paper. I read another study about parking actually uh, that was done in the field, and apparently, if you get into your car to leave a parking space and somebody's waiting for it. On average, you'll spend longer before you leave the parking space. It's just sort of <laughs> a ter it. territoriality issue. I knew people were taking longer. You could I've, every trip to IKEA, I experienced that where they just take their sweet time getting out of their car or getting their car out of there. That's so funny. It, it is. It is interesting how when we get around our cars, we become weirdly animalistic. I mean, also just the way people are so rude to each other about merging or cut, getting cut off and the way people honk and yell at each other. Like nobody does that on a sidewalk when you're out of a car. It's just this weird thing where you have this shell around you and you feel kind of protected that you suddenly become more aggressive in your interactions. I've always thought cars should come with a light at the back that says thank you that you can push so that when somebody lets you in or something like that, you, there's just a way to, to say something nice, a way to have nice interactions with cars instead of just the horn that's honking. But yeah. that's just well, you can do that lovely little delicate thank you wave next to your mirror, and most people get it. Yeah, that's true. Although it's sometimes hard to see with the tinted windows. Yes. And I remember once as a teenager, my dad doing that, and he held up his middle finger for some reason while he was waving. I was like, <laughs> Dad, what? Do you know how to wave? Like, we, I, I remember really giving him a hard time. Like, I, I'm pretty sure you just flipped that guy the bird, but okay. Okay, so human conversation scares African wildlife. This is great. Uh, Canadian researcher, Western uh, University, uh, put uh, cameras 
with video, like basically uh, trail cams, uh, but with video cameras in the uh, in the wilds of Africa, where you find elephants and lions and zebras and all that stuff. Um, but there was a speaker attached to it, and so what would happen is the animals would come over to the watering hole, they'd be feeding, and then the speaker would start playing a noise, and the noise might be lions growling and snarling, or it might be hunting noises like gunshots and dogs barking, or it might be just people talking. And what, they, and what they measured is how quickly animals ran away from those noises. And most animals ran away from all noises, but the speed with which they ran differed depending on what noise you played. And the scariest one of all was people talking. It was scarier than gunshots and dogs, and it was scarier than lions growling, which is really something. And the point they make is that humans are much deadlier to wildlife than lions. I mean, they kill them. They kill small things at about three times the rate. They kill uh, large things at about nine times the rate that you, I mean, if you're a big carnivore, like a leopard, you don't have to worry that a lion's going to kill you as much as you have to worry that a human's going to kill you. And so uh, animals have learned this. And so the way we see them behaving is always reflected by the fact that we're the ones watching them. And so uh, because of the ecology of fear, as they call it, um, we've really impacted the behavior of those animals. We've been learning as we go along with COVID, and apparently there's a study of how serotonin levels offer some hope for people with long COVID. I am so happy to see this because long COVID has been this mysterious enigma. And for a long time, you know, people were worried about whether they would be believed. And, you know, you had COVID and then you're taking a long time to get better. And is that a real thing or are you just a whiner? And so th there's been a lot of sort of mistrust and, and a need for validation and looking for a clear marker that differs between people who have long COVID and other people who have gotten over the disease. Something you can measure in their blood has been uh, elusive. But this new study shows that they found something and they've, they've, no more, they've done more than that. They've, they've done a really nice job here. So looking in the blood, they looked at a whole bunch of different molecules and they finally found something that is significantly different in the people that have long COVID and that is levels of serotonin. And serotonin, when you get hit with a flu or COVID or whatever, serotonin dips anyway because your immune system takes over and sort of impacts your levels of serotonin. It makes the serotonin levels go down. But it seems that people who have long COVID seem to have lower serotonin than the people who have recovered whose serotonin levels have bounced back. And what's more, in this article, they, they looked at what's happening in the gut of people who have long COVID and they found that those people seem to have remnants of the virus still in their gut for which they're still mounting an immune response, which may explain the lower levels of serotonin. And so not only does this offer some kind of an explanation for what might be going on, which could have the downstream effects of all the different symptoms that people have been complaining about, which vary quite a bit. Um, but there's a possible cure for that, which is that there are drugs like Prozac, which are made to help with serotonin levels. And so there may be uh, already a class of drugs that are available that might be tried to see if they can help people with long COVID. So uh, really welcome news that there's a, at least a lead. It's not necessarily what's going on for all people who have it, but the fact that serotonin is part of a pathway for so many different kinds of symptoms suggests that it may well be the thing that's causing long COVID for everybody. But even if it just helps a subset of that of those people that would be wonderful news okay enough time for one last thing apparently a party trick a science party trick does it involve putting mentos in cola bottles 
You'd think that was the only trick science centers had to keep the people occupied, but this is a nice one. Uh, TikTok, a lot of science centers are using TikTok to great effect to reach huge audiences, especially of young people. Uh, that's where people are going to get their information. And there's a TikTok from the science center in Boston saying, hey, if you want to impress your friends with how fast you can inflate a garbage bag with your breath, then take them on. As, so you're at a party and you say, try to fill this up with your breath as fast as you can. So people will take the garbage bag, they'll close it over their mouth and they'll blow into it. And it'll take them many breaths to get it inflated all the way. But you, having watched this TikTok or heard me talk about it on the radio, will just hold the bag open and then blow into it from a distance. And as the air blows in from your mouth towards the bag, the low pressure created by the Bernoulli effect will draw a whole bunch of air from around that that'll also come into the bag and the bag will fill quite quickly and you'll beat your friends at the party and be very popular. And this is why scientists are not as popular as they think they should be because they think that's going to carry social capital at a party and nobody wants to see how fast you can fill a, paper, uh, a garbage bag with your breath. But nonetheless, it's a good trick. I still think it should be Mentos and cola bottles. <laughs> See, that's why you're popular and most scientists aren't. Yeah, not popular with whoever has to clean up. Thanks a lot. Right. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Uh, Test Tube Thursday with our science expert, Dan Riskin.